Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name to each one. Good to be back with you this morning at uh, Mabel. And uh, to bring a message, uh, I told John I, uh, I'm approaching this, my message this morning with some trepidation. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I was uh, casting about uh, a number of weeks ago already when... Uh, soon after Philip asked me to preach this message and wondering what was I going to preach. And uh, I, I was uh, looking through some uh, old sermon notes and, and I saw where I had been assigned uh, topics about 20 years ago at a uh, tent meeting at another, in another state. And I was intrigued by some of the things in my notes. And so I decided to use uh, that particular uh, topic as a topic for this morning. And so, uh, but, but uh, I, I, once again, I, I approached the subject with a little more trepidation than I would have 20 years ago. <laughs> and maybe even more trepidation than I would have 40 years ago when I was first ordained. <clears throat> Here's my title, Biblical Principles for Godly Parents. And uh, maybe you're wondering why the trepidation. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a grandparent now and a great-grandparent. And uh, I, I've seen some of my uh, offspring uh, leave the Lord's safety, his church, and, uh, and it hurts, and uh, of course, uh, you wonder, what, uh, what could I have done that I didn't do? And uh, I'll, uh, what I need to say right now is that uh, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, human parents are imperfect. They, they never reach perfection. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to try to encourage you parents and you prospective parents who aren't parents yet. Uh, I'm going to try to encourage you in, uh, in uh, what's ahead. So that's uh, my, my goal is simply to offer some encouragement. I'd like to start with uh, Jeremiah Chapter 35 and the Rechabites. <clears throat> they, uh, in Jeremiah 35, uh, Jeremiah was told to call the Rechabites and uh, bring them in and uh, offer them wine to drink. And uh, he did, and they wouldn't drink it. And I guess Jeremiah probably knew they wouldn't, uh, or at least he uh, knew probably that they were instructed by their forefather not to do that. Now, uh, I'm guessing that it was probably some uh, 400 years before Jeremiah called them into this meeting that, uh, that they had received their instructions. And so passing... Passing uh, godly instruction down for 400 years? 
their their father, their forefather must have had some real he must have had some real influence on how did he do that? <laughs> how how could he uh, make his influence last that long? Uh, Jeremiah said, uh, here, here's some wine, drink it. And here's what they said in verse 6 of chapter 35. We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father commanded us, saying, you shall drink no wine neither you nor your sons forever. They wouldn't. Uh, uh, they simply, uh, they wouldn't take any. Now, if you would uh, go to verse 19, which is the last verse of the chapter, it says this, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not want a man to stand before me forever. God was saying, uh, Rechab's going to have descendants. I, uh, I wondered uh, a little about that and uh, looked up uh, Rehab, Rechab, and uh, lo and behold, my uh, Young's Concordance had this note that uh, they are a tribe, this, the descendants of Jonadab are a tribe that is still living in Medina or Medina, whichever way you pronounce it, at the present time. Now, uh, Young's was written a while back. Yeah, don't, I didn't look just how long, but a uh, hundred years or so probably. And he said these people are, are and uh, probably there would be some godly ones among them. <laughs> he, Jonadab had an effect. Rehab had, Rechab had an effect on his descendants. Okay. Somebody said, if only we could transmit our values to our children. And some wise person answered the truth. We are. And that brings me to point number one. The most important principle for being good parents, godly parents, is a living relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the foundation for godly parenting. Uh, children catch more than what they're taught, or maybe they learn more by example than by word. Uh, and uh, the second thought is very similar. Uh, children can see right through hypocrisy. If a parent is a hypocrite, the children know it. You can't hide it from them. In one of my uh, pastorate uh, duties uh, over the years. I, uh, I worked with a family that uh, the young people sort of weren't real, uh, they weren't real uh, good at following their parents' examples. There, there were, it became apparent to me that uh, here's a family that has some problems and I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, 
I never was real good at uh, assessing things like that anyway. Uh, I should have depended more on God, I guess, but <clears throat> but uh, it was a number of years that uh, I, uh, I kept wondering, what's going on in this family? Why, why, uh, why aren't the children uh, doing better? And finally one day, it came out. The parents were having problems. They were in conflict with each other. I, I couldn't tell it on the outside, but there it was. It, uh, it, came, it came out. So, I had, uh, I had the privilege of preaching a wedding sermon yesterday. I enjoy that. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I told them was, if two people are following God, if they have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, two people, it'll work. Marriage works every time, all the time. If it doesn't, somebody's not following the Lord. And so, uh, yeah, children can see right through hypocrisy. So uh, parents, that's number one, a living relationship with Jesus Christ. A couple of uh, pointers for uh, you parents and prospective parents. Uh, set some goals for your home. And uh, one of them is daily family worship. Uh, get them acquainted with uh, what the Bible teaches and so on. Make, your, make the goal, one of your goals for your home, is that your home be a, a place of integrity. Truth. No place for hypocrisy. And uh, make it a place of protection from evil to the best of your ability. Have that one of your goals. And uh, make it one of your goals to meet with God's people automatically, regularly. <laughs> Don't even, uh, don't even question whether you're going to go. Do it. <laughs> Set that goal. Now, in our, uh, in our day and age, there's pressure on Christianity. There's pressure on godly parents. There's pressure on families. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's uh, serious. We're in a conflict. We're in a battle. And it's not, uh, uh, children aren't just automatically going to turn out all right. Uh, you're going to have to join forces against the evil one. With your brothers and sisters and uh, with Jesus Christ at the head, and you can win the battle, but it's a battle. It's going to be a battle. Godly parents can't allow the world around them to dictate what goes on in their home. And uh, our electronics make that pretty hard. Uh, the world is right there. Go by the book and forget the books. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of information out there 
that uh, a lot of people have written and uh, years ago years ago I was talking to one of my brothers who uh, is uh, well he was not uh, he was not what I would call a real godly parent <laughs> I, I, I appreciated my brother I loved him but uh, and I was talking to him about what the book of Proverbs says about uh, raising children. And, and you know how Proverbs uh, talks about raising children. He that spares the rods uh, spoils the child, however it is. If uh, you love your children, you'll use the rod. And uh, my brother said, uh, Ben, you can't go by the book of Proverbs in raising children in our day. You can't? Huh. And uh, so I told him, uh, when the book of Proverbs talks about a rod, it's not talking about a club like a shovel handle to use on your children. Uh, I, I get the impression, and I've done a little research there, that uh, it's more like a whip than, uh, than a club, okay? But don't forget to use it. It's not, a, it's not an accepted thing in our day and age to use corporal punishment, okay? That's, the pressure is on. But corporal punishment administered in love is a good thing. I'm not against, uh, I said, uh, go by the book and not by the books. I mean... Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians and uh, Proverbs and uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and I'll be there in a little bit. All those places. The book has some instructions for parents. Go by them. Learn them. Know what's there. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. <clears throat> I'd like to start here in uh, verse 3 and uh, read down a ways. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Now the, uh, I emphasized the word thine. Uh, if, if we have God's word in our heart, and, and once again, that's uh, looking for a relationship with God. That's looking for our heart to be right with God. That's the first thing. Th these words, which I command you today, shall be in, in my heart, first of all, and, and for me to pay attention to. Talk to children. Uh, uh, I love children. <laughs> I uh, had some interaction with uh, 
grandchildren, great-grandchildren here in the last couple days. And I had this uh, one little fellow about six months old, and he's, uh, he's a cheerful little guy. And I loved talking to him. He, he was cheerful, and, and he listened, and he'd uh, grin at me. And, and uh, he, he never complained about this old stranger holding him. <laughs> I enjoyed that. But, but talk to the little guys. Uh, talk to them as soon as they're born and from then on until the day you die. Communicate with your children and, uh, and respect them. Love them and respect them and pray for them and don't stop. Discipline them, and back to Proverbs again. Uh, it says in uh, Proverbs 13 and verse 24 that you're to uh, do it betimes, and that means early. <laughs> well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I talked about this little guy, uh, six months old, and I don't know when... Uh, the time is to paddle a child first. But I'll say this. A good time to paddle a child is when he's got a diaper on. You can do it and make it sound as though you're really doing business and you won't hurt him at all. And But he knows what you meant. If if he gets to the point, and, and you can tell it, if he gets to the point where there's anger there and he's expressing it, he might need to be paddled. And one of the best times to do that is when he's in diapers. Not mean, no, but but paddle him enough that he knows that you mean it. It won't hurt him. It sounds as though you're really doing business, and he thinks that he's uh, he he thinks he's getting punished, and he is. That's that's. That's doing it early, okay? And then I heard when I was a teenager going to, took one year of high school, okay? And as a young man in the grade ahead of me, a boy, and I heard uh, by the grapevine that uh, he had uh, gotten into a fracas with his parents and uh, they both uh, caught him and tried to give him a whipping. Uh, let me give you some caution there. If it's a question of who got whipped, you've been way behind. It's time to stop before that happens. Do it early. And then you won't have to go to that point where you're not sure who got whipped. Discipline your children to relieve tension. <laughs> Some of you parents could, uh, could testify to this. I know you could. I, I've seen it happen. Uh, a child does something that they know is wrong, and you discipline them. And what happens? They might uh, rebel right at the time, but chances are, It'll relieve the situation. They, they know they deserve it. And if you don't do anything, they'll carry that, uh, 
with them, it'll bother them, you take care of it. And then, whatever form the discipline takes, you, 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 you do what you need to do. And then what do you do? You forget it. You leave it right there. You never bring it up again. Leave it there. And, and it is, uh, when, when parents do that, they've disciplined, they've taken care of the problem, and the, the children know that it's, it's over with. And then they're relieved. It takes care of the tension between them and parents. <clears throat> Moving on, talking a little about respect for authority. Uh, years ago, when I was first married, family lived at Weir's Cave. Came through Mount Crawford a lot of times. In Mount Crawford, there's a little, was at that time, a little restaurant just at this end of town. And beside that restaurant was a tree. And a Mount Crawford police officer would park under that tree, he'd back his vehicle back close to the tree, and, and he'd go in and take a break from his duties. And he did that quite frequently. And uh, one day there was some young fellas got their heads together and they got a log chain and, and they put it around the car's, the police car's axle while he was in there taking his break, put it around that axle of the car and around that tree. And they left a little slack in the chain and then they uh, got in their car and sat along the street just far enough down the street that they could see when the officer came out. And when they saw him come out the door, they took off with their car with the tires howling. And uh, of course, you know what the police officer would do. He ran over to his cruiser and <laughs> crawled in. He didn't get very far. Now, uh, <laughs> That, uh, that's uh, amusing, maybe, but uh, I wouldn't have done that, okay? Uh, my dad uh, had taught me to respect authority from the time I was little. Uh, and let me, uh, let me tell you another story. <clears throat> right on top of that, and, th and this is... Uh, teaching you how I learned respect, one of the ways. I went to uh, one-room school, started first grade, and I was the only one in first grade, okay? There was 25 or 30 students in the school. And the first year that I went in first grade, uh, the uh, teacher was an elderly lady from the city of Elkhart who had never taught in a one-room school. A and she was not prepared for the job. Uh, and uh, it was not a good time for the students at the Morning Star School. Uh, <clears throat> she couldn't handle it. And uh, by Christmas time, uh, things were pretty much in an uproar in that schoolroom. 
it was, uh, there was no discipline. And, uh, and after Christmas, when we went back to school, she didn't show up, okay? She had had all she could take and uh, apparently hadn't informed the proper authorities and there was nobody there. And so we went home and in a day or two, uh, the authorities had appointed another teacher and he was a young man and he was a disciplinarian. He, I enjoyed the rest of that school year, okay? But uh, a day or two, several days, maybe a week after he started, uh, I had uh, several boys sitting behind me in this row of desks and uh, uh, I turned around and was whispering to one of them and Mr. Berkey uh, called me out, told me to be quiet. And so I turned around and was quiet, and a little bit later I forgot, and I was back whispering again, and he said it with more emphasis. Well, uh, maybe I'm a little hard, of, uh, hard to teach or something. I, I did it again. He didn't say anything. He came down and got me by the arm, and, and he administered corporal punishment right there. And he did a good job of it, huh? Now, uh, it wasn't just that he uh, disciplined me, but, but I knew that my parents supported the teacher's discipline. Now, uh, discipline may err. Teachers might make a mistake. But my parents supported the teachers, and I knew they did. And I, I went home with trepidation that evening. I, I really did. They, I didn't get anything else at home, but, but I, I was pretty subdued, I'll tell you that. Now, there was another boy sitting two, two desks behind me in second grade, and uh, when the teacher was, Mr. Berkey was punishing me, this boy laughed. It was not a good thing to do. Uh, We had, we had uh, up above the blackboard that covered the front end of the school, school room, it was a one-room school, okay, and uh, above the blackboard, at the top of the blackboard, there was uh, a set of maps, and they were maybe uh, 30 inches wide, and there were maybe four or five or six maps in a case about that long, and they had a, a wooden about a three-quarter inch wooden strip with a, with a groove in it that was fastened to the bottom of these maps. To pull them down with, they were, on, they were rolled up in there and you could pull them down. And these maps were old and several of these sticks had come off and Mr. Berkey happened to have access to one of those right then and, and he used it on that second grader and he, he got whipped pretty bad, uh, worse than I did. And now, my, my folks supported the discipline, okay? But that second grader's parent, uh, his dad, was at school the next morning uh, to have a talk with the teacher. Now, uh, 
Would you make a guess as to which of those two families, my family or the, uh, the Hoover boy that got punished, that his dad su didn't support the discipline of the teacher? Can you uh, guess which ones supported uh, respected discipline the best? <laughs> it's obvious. If you want your children to respect authority, you respect authority. Don't, don't criticize your ministry in the church. They're not perfect. And if you may have to go and talk to them sometime about something, okay? But don't let your children know what's going on. Don't criticize the church to your children, okay? And uh, that uh, officer at Mount Crawford, uh, he probably made some mistakes, but, but uh, if it had... Uh, if it had been in my family, I, I don't know what my dad would have done, but it wouldn't have been nice for me. I can tell you that. But, but don't criticize the officers. Last week one day, I was uh, reading the newspaper. I, I get the, still get the daily paper. I, I'm not an electronics person, okay? I, I'm a generation behind that. <laughs> But uh, in the newspaper, I read something that uh, bothered me. Uh, one of the columnists on the editorial page said that it's legal in most states for a police officer, when he's interrogating somebody, to lie to that person. And, and that bothered me. Now... Uh, don't criticize your civil authorities to your children. Just don't. And I'm not criticizing our civil authorities. But that, that idea of somebody in authority deliberately lying to somebody that, that they're inter interrogating, it teaches disrespect. It's not a good thing. Now, we need to pray for our authorities and, and uh, our civil leaders and our church leaders and our school teachers and whoever, and we need not ever criticize them where our children are. We might go to see them sometime if there's a real problem that needs to be taken care of. Don't do it in front of your children. Pray for those people. And if you do go to see them, make sure that it's done in a godly manner. Authority may err. It does err at times. It's still authority. Respect it. And you'll get along better with your children. One of the things that uh, I've already said is that uh, parents aren't perfect. And uh, when you make a mistake, it's hard for me to, to apologize. I, I've got enough pride and stubbornness that it's hard. We'd better apologize to our children when we 
do something that we know wasn't the right thing to do. And the chances are real good that you've done it if you're a parent and have been one for long, and, and I know I have, okay? We'd better apologize. We'd better humble ourselves enough, and, and, and it'll help our relationship with our children. In Malachi 4.6, when Malachi was prophesying about John the Baptist, and, uh, but let's turn to that. The last couple verses of the book of Malachi, last couple verses in the Old Testament. Verse 5, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, now when he said Elijah, we know by the New Testament that that was John the Baptist, okay? John the Baptist was that one that was prophesied here. And it says, He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Sin, sin left go, uh, tears families apart. Repentance, and John the Baptist preached repentance. He preached it, uh, I would have loved to hear the man preach. I'll bet he could preach. He preached repentance. You know what that does? It, when people repent, it brings them together. It brings families together. It brings children together with their parents. It's the kind of thing that brings fathers and their grown sons to each other's shoulders weeping. It'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Regeneration. When children turn to the Lord. My. What that does. To bring a family together. Teach self-worth to your children. By expecting children to contribute to the family. Give them chores to do and make, make sure they get them done. Give them work and work with them until they like it. <laughs> you can teach children to like work. Now, uh, uh, I love to work, okay? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm an old man, but, uh, but I love to work. Now, there's some things that are not, uh, that are not fun. I, uh, I get tired of them. They're nothing but drudgery. But by and large, uh, I'm I'm glad I can still work, and I'm glad I can work. But you have a you as a parent, you can help your children learn to like to work, and you can probably help them to learn to hate work. Better learn. Better help them like it. In Ephesians, uh, the sixth chapter and, and verse 4 it says fathers provoke not your children to wrath he said don't provoke your children to wrath if parents uh, 
if parents lose their cool, now I'm talking to myself. I've got a temper. I, even, even though I'm 83 years old, I, I still have a temper. Now, it's not wrong to get angry. It's not a sin to be angry, okay? But it's a sin to lose your temper. Uh, God told Cain, Cain, you're angry. Better get it under control. Sin is uh, crouching at your door. Sin is ready to jump out and grab you in your anger. And Cain didn't get it. God warned him. He told him. And he went right on. I, sub I don't know. Uh, the Bible doesn't say how long it took. And I sort of have the opinion that uh, probably he stewed about that for a week or so. And I, but I don't know. It doesn't say. We have enough. We, we know enough about it. But he killed his brother. Parents who lose their cool uh, probably lost the battle with their child. Spend time with your children. It's a wise investment. <clears throat> I, uh, maybe I was a little too much that way, but I love to uh, have the children along where I went. Seldom went anywhere where the children weren't well. And uh, I still love to take children along. Uh, if I take my grandchildren fishing, I hope there's not over uh, half a dozen or so because all I get done is getting tackle ready and untangling lines and, and so on. But, but I love to take my grandchildren fishing. I love spending time with children, and I think it's a wise investment on every parent and grandparent's part to do that. May the Lord bless you and give you what it takes to be a good parent to your children. And if I've said something that was real good, put it. Put it into your heart and use it when you become a parent if you're not one yet. And uh, hopefully the Lord will give you children that will respect you the way you respected them.